welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Um, If you would, please turn with me to Mark chapter 11, and we're going to move forward now. This is Vision Sunday, and so many of us brought our vision list today, and we're going to hold those up at the end of the service, and we're going to believe God together for each other and ourselves that everything on that vision list is coming to pass for the glory of God. Yep, turn to Mark chapter 11, and um, we'll read verse 24. Before um, Before we actually start getting into this, let's just thank the Lord for everything He did for us in 2021. I mean, you know, we're all here today because he brought us through. How many, how many come, come, came through COVID? Maybe COVID hit your body, but you're here today. How many of you came through some other financial problems, but you're here today? Well, he got us through a lot of stuff. And um, he's a great father. He's going to take care of us as long as we don't stray from him and you know, leave home and go do our own thing. Um, let's just thank him. Father, we're so thankful for everything you've done for us in 2021. You brought us through the fire. You brought us through the water. We're on the other side and we're here to love you and serve you. Lord, we praise you. Thank you for helping us through financial difficulties. Thank you for helping us through sickness and disease. We, Father, we are on the other side and we declare in Jesus' name, afflictions will not arise a second time. You protect us as well as heal us. And we thank you, Jesus, for lifting us up and keeping us strong and for a bright, powerful, wonderful 2022. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was praying about Vision Sunday, and I went back and listened to last year's Vision Sunday a little bit, the message we taught. And I thought it would be appropriate to title this message today, Having, you know, Having Good Things in Your Life. Having starts with seeing something in here. Having starts with seeing something in here. It's very important what images you have on the inside of you. The devil wants you having certain images on the inside of you. So he's going to try to flood you with all his negative junk to keep you really, you know, off of God's perfect plan for your life. Whatever goes in here and whatever goes in here on a regular basis, that's what's going to start becoming a vision on the inside of you. And that's why it's important not to feed on the wrong things but stay in the word. So here in Mark eleven twenty four, we're going to talk about having starts with seeing. So if you need some things in your life and you want to have some things in your life, then you're going to have to start seeing the right things from the word of God. Now, before we even read this, I want to say this. What we're going to talk about today absolutely means very little or is nothing if you're not born again. If you're not born again, that is the number one thing that you need to be concerned about right now, and that is seeing Jesus as your Lord and Savior and receiving him into your heart and into your life. Some of the things we're going to talk about today in the area of receiving finances or healing or resources to be a greater blessing, they're wonderful and they're great. But if you're not born again, you need to see something else. So you need to see someone and his name is Jesus. So we're praying that you would see him today during the service more and more clearly. But in Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus is teaching on prayer. Jesus is, Jesus is the greatest faith teacher there was. The things he said about faith are out of this world. 
So Mark eleven twenty four. We'll break in here. Jesus said in verse twenty four, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, people, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them are those things you desire, and you shall have them. Now, what things is he talking about? Well, things you need, things you desire, as long as they're in line with a godly life. You know, even there's even a scripture that says God will give you richly all things to enjoy. He loves you. He's a great father. He knows it's not all work, 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 work. I mean, good employers know they got to give their people time off so they're refreshed when they come back. And God's a great, great employer, so to speak. But this scripture here shows us that God wants us to have some things. Isn't that what it said? Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What? Those things you desire when you pray. God wants you to have some good things in life. Can I tell you one reason he wants you to have some good things? Because he wants you to give them away. I said one of the reasons God wants you to have a lot of good things is so you have something to give away to people who don't know what you know. Haven't connected with God yet. Need help. Don't know how to pray. You know, you need to always remember that if God can't get good things to you, he can't get good things through you. How about we believe in prosperity for other people's sake? I said, how about we believe in prosperity for other people's sake? Who said you had to keep it all? Well, I don't need no more money. I'm good. Me, my four, no more. We're doing great. What about your neighbor? What about the people you meet at the grocery store? What about when somebody unlocks your compassion at the mall and you have nothing to give them, but you got this desire to help them? Hmm? Well, we need to believe God for resources. Vision Sunday, one of the things about Vision Sunday is we have things on our vision list that have to do with material things coming into our life. But this is not so much about us being blessed as it is us being more of a blessing. You can't be a blessing if you ain't got no blessings. Right? How many of you want to be a bigger blessing to people around you? Have, have resources and power to help people when they're struggling and in need. Well, that's one of the reasons the Lord wants us to prosper. And this scripture here says, Jesus said, okay, when it comes to prayer, whatever you desire. So you got to have some desire. Say, I got desire. We've been talking on a rise shine, Carl and I, the last few Mondays about strong reasons to overcome. You know, faith needs a strong reason to even come on the scene. If it's just nonchalant, faith's just saying whatever, you know, if we're saying whatever, our faith's saying whatever. Faith brings serious things to pass, not just things we kind of, oh, it'd be kind of cool to have. There's some things we have to have. If we're going to do this thing called Christianity right, there's some things we have to have. So in Mark eleven twenty four, God it says right here, God wants us to have some things. Notice, Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray. So you've got to have a desire, right? When you pray. Now, here's what you need to do. Believe you receive those things you desire when you pray. And you'll have them. Does God want you to have some things? Does Jesus want you to have some things? How did he say they happen? Well, you have a desire because you've been reading the scriptures. You've been going over the promises. And then you actually pray or claim, right? And then while you're praying, you believe you take something right then 
spiritually. You take it. You say, God, I believe I got it. And right now you are pregnant with the word. Therefore, you are expecting to see what you've already received. And like a, a good pregnancy, right, ladies? You get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to where you're so big, manifestations have to occur. You need to get, your expectancy needs to increase after you pray, not decrease. If you're excited when you pray, you need to be 10 times more excited 10 weeks from now. Bigger. And, and you know, another thing about when you're, when you're pregnant with the word of God, when you've got a promise of God on the inside of you and you're thanking God and you're believing that it's yours, even though it doesn't look like it's yours, you're believing that that healing is yours or that house paid off is yours or whatever. When you, you know, something about being pregnant. If you're expecting, eventually you're showing. Others are starting to see. That person's expecting. Ooh, that person's getting pretty big over there with their praise and worship. Ooh, they're really ex- getting excited about something. All right, so turn to 2 Corinthians now, chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. God wants you to have some things, good things, and the devil wants you to have some bad things. How about we say no to the devil and yes to the Lord? 2 Corinthians, and again, this is Vision Sunday, so we're going to talk about believing God for some specific things, resources, so we can help more. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. And we'll read verse 3 and 4. Paul said, if our good news of Jesus Christ and all that he's done for us, if that good news we're preaching is hidden, it's hidden to those that are lost. Lost people don't see what we see. It's going to take preaching and praying to break that blindness. And that's why we're here. He says, these people that are blind, he said, in whom... The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious good news of Christ, you know, saved, healed, delivered, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So when we're talking about Vision Sunday, we're talking about seeing something that we know is God's will for our life because we've been reading the Bible, hearing the sermons. We know God wants us healthy. God wants us healed. God wants us delivered from those habits. God wants us prospering. God wants us in the best shape of our lives, spirit, soul, and body, so we can do the end time work needs to be done. But there's, a, uh, there's an invisible enemy that's trying to blind us from these good things. I said there's an enemy trying to blind you. Can I put it this way? There's an enemy that wants you uninterested in the good news of Jesus Christ. He wants, and I don't know, he has all these maneuvers, you know, he's got to work on people and people have to allow it to happen, but he's got a lot of people right now thinking that they don't even need Jesus. Why? Because they're not seeing something. You know, we tell the people at the church here a lot, and we've got a friend in Hollywood, California, who ministers to all the transvestites and throwaways, you know, they used to call them runaways, but really they've been thrown away by their parents. They go to Hollywood, they live under the bridge, they... They're just in a mess. And, and then they recently, Tommy Barnett's son, they purchased the Dream Center, the old Queen of Angels Hospital, and they have a great ministry out there. We've been out there and helped them in some of this area years ago. But um, they, um, they minister all the time to people that are just almost gone. And he, he said one time, he said, we found out ministering to all these people on the streets. He says, not many of them are interested in the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're just flat out not interested because 
they don't know the bad news. They don't know that Adam messed this whole thing up. They don't know that they're going to hell without you know, Jesus in their life. They don't know that heaven's real and hell is real. They don't know that there's angels and demons. They don't know that there's you know, a sin problem that only Jesus can fix. They don't know that they're on the road to hell. The enemy has a way of making people feel like they're okay when they are everything but okay. And if you go by feelings, you're getting a mess. I know we were a little side journey here. We were, um, Carla was sharing something with me just yesterday about someone that we know and love dearly. And they, they said something, they, they quoted a scripture out of the Bible and they said, I know the Bible says this, but I have a peace about not doing it. What's that called? Well, it's just called not seeing something clearly enough. They, they said, I know I shouldn't do this that the Bible says don't do, but Carla, I have a peace about doing it. What's that called? That's called warfare. And that's called following a feeling of peace more than it is written. I mean, come on, guys. No one's going to go down a demonic road if it feels demonic. No one's going to go down the wrong road if it looks wrong. Satan transforms himself as an angel of light. Everything that's bright that you feel is bright, it doesn't mean it's right. Look at all the word, man. You've got to be smart. You've got to be an instrument-rated Christian. And quit looking out here to see. Quit looking to your own feelings. Come on, you cannot put a feeling of peace above what God already said. Well, I just have a peace about running off with this other person's spouse and, you know, and divorcing my family. I just have a peace about it. I, you know, I just, God wants me to be at peace. I just have, it just feels so right. And you're on a wrong road. <laughs> you, you, do, you, do you realize if wrong roads, if the devil made wrong roads feel terrible, no one would go down them. You're going to feel like it's God. You're going to feel like it's the spirit of God. You're going to feel like it's right. But if the Bible says it ain't right, fooey on your feelings. Fooey on what you feel is right. This is right. Right? Well, it just feels right to, you know, to, to uh, steal that $100 bill. It just feels right. What should you do? Tell your feelings to shut up and don't commit a crime, right? I mean, come on, we know it in some of these other areas, but well, I just, I just feel like I'm, I'm supposed to do this. I just feel like, I just feel like, but well, what did God say about it? Did you seek the Lord about it? Important stuff. So Satan is out to make people feel like they're okay without God. What's that called? That's called warfare. And it's real interesting because the warfare comes as this feels great. Who, who relates this feels great with warfare? Come on, really, who relates this feels awesome with warfare? You could be in the midst of terrible warfare, feel great, not even know you're in warfare, and you're going down at the same time. We have to be more mature than that. If God said something in this word, we need to go, that's truth, that's right. No feeling is going to assert this. Read it again. The Bible says that in whom, in these people that are lost, the God of this world has blinded their minds. What's the devil involved with? Doing his best to keep people from seeing something that will set them totally free. He's the master of distraction. Now, <clears throat> when it comes to Vision Sunday and things we are writing down and have written down on our vision list that we're going to lift up here in just a few moments... 
when it comes to putting things on our vision list, we have our giving goals, number one, what we want to give into the kingdom of God. Now, last year, the church, I think, gave a little over, I think it was 11 or 12 percent. I'll read it in just a minute. I'll read it. I'm going to get there. I think it's a little over 11 or 12 percent out to other ministries and the poor and other, other outreaches. And so we're setting a goal that we're going to increase a percent this year. So by the next, this time next year, we'll be at the percent higher than we were this year. Now, if you do that for the next 10 years, pretty soon you'll be giving not just 10% of your income to the kingdom of God, but 20%. If you stick with it for 20 years, you'll be giving 30%, right? If you start off tithing. And so don't, don't, don't think that, here's what I say when it comes to vision lists and setting goals. Yes, set goals that you need God's help to reach. Because if you could reach them without God's help, <laughs> I mean, I like to encourage people, when you write things down on your vision list that you're believing God to bring into your life, yes, uh, be cautious about going beyond your faith, but at the same time, don't just put on your vision list what you could do without God's help anyway. Put something on there that I... I how, how about this? How about this? I'm going to put something on my vision list that I want, that I believe would be a great resource to be a blessing to others. I'm going to put something on my vision list that demands I grow up to reach that goal. That demands I have to be a, more, a little more like Jesus to obtain that promise. That I have to grow in love to here to even get this goal. Set goals that require you become a better person to reach them. And then you get two blessings. Number one, you get the thing. But number two, you become a better person. Not better in the area of value or human beings, I understand. But maybe better in the area of serving, helping. Your gift is sharper. Don't set goals that don't require you to mature in the process. Set goals that require you mature. You have to grow up to reach this thing. What does that mean? That means now you get the goal and you get something better. You grew up. You matured. You're a more patient and kind person after this whole thing is done. <laughs> now, turn to Mark 16. Our purpose as Christians compels us to have a vision list. Because there's some things we need to do our part in the church. Okay, so, so church, why do we have a vision list? Well, we believe that what we believe that the things that we're receiving are going to glorify the Lord, but it's also going to help us to fulfill our purpose as Christians. You know, I um, I was listening to last year's, and I was talking about how God at times is looking for people to do things for Him that a lot of His people can't do because they're so strapped down with bills and obligations. They they can't go. They, they can't do it. They don't have it. And I was thinking how God wants all of us so free that so he could tap you on the shoulder and say, would you please go help Georgie and Daniel in Romania for two weeks? They could use some help preaching and teaching to all the young people over there. Or could you go help the Todds in southern Mexico so you can help them for a couple weeks down there preaching and teaching in the churches they're starting? Most people say, God, I can't, you know, I, I can't, I've I, I got obligations, I have to work. It, how many think it's good to just see yourself more free so you can do more for him? 
Now, if you never get to certain levels, don't worry about it. You can help right where you're at. There's people right now in your job that need a Christian influence, and hopefully they know you're a Christian if you've been working there a week, right? But in Mark 16, if you look at verse 15, Jesus said to the entire church here, Go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. Why? So they can be saved, healed, and delivered, and not die and go to hell, and not die young of diseases, so they can live out their life, do the will of God, and go to heaven when it's all over. This is what we're involved. Now, this is, this is all of our purpose. You know, there's people that are sent, and there's people that send. There's word senders, there's people that go, there's people that send, and all, really, they're all just as important and vital. Did you know if you're called to support a preacher, that's just as serious as preaching? Oh, I can't believe that preacher is not preaching anymore. Or are you sending anymore? Are you supporting anymore? I mean, why would we think preaching is more important than sending when you can't do either without both? And so don't think, don't ever let the devil tell you you're not valuable. That's such a lie. If you weren't valuable, Jesus wouldn't have died for you. Right? He wouldn't have shed his blood for you, which is more precious than all the gold and silver in the universe. Say this, we have a great commission. And it's going to take resources to get it done. I remember teaching a while back that you can't be broke and fully serve the Lord. Because serving the Lord includes helping the poor. Serving the Lord includes tithing. Serving the Lord includes bringing the poor that are cast out into your house. Serving the poor has to do with taking care of your own and the people of your own house. Serving the Lord has to do with having resources. I mean, how many of you were translated from home to church today? Just boop, boop, and you appeared here. What did it take to get here? Prosperity. One way or the other, right? The clothes that you're wearing, the gas in the car, or the battery charge up, right? It, it, took, it took resources to be here. And the Lord told you he wanted you to be here, so it took resources to be here. Now, just quickly, before we get into the actual vision list, because I'm almost done preaching here, turn to um, Genesis 11 and Habakkuk 2. And as you're turning there, I want to remind you to Genesis 11, verses 1 through 8. I want to remind you of something. God told Abraham, before he made him the father of many nations, God told Abraham, I want you to do something, Abraham. I want you to look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And God said to Abraham in Genesis, I believe it's Genesis um, 13, I believe it is. God said, God told Abraham, look. As far as you can see, I've given it to you. As far as you can see, is it important how far you can see? Yes. <laughs> I sometimes I think, what would happen if, if, God would, if Abraham would have had a helicopter? Now, as far as you can see, well, Israel would be a lot bigger. I mean, seriously, he said, as far as you can see, I've given it to you. Is it important what you're looking at? God even at times points to things in the natural to show you vision of things he wants to do in your life. He said, Abraham, look at the stars. See those stars? Look at the stars. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. You're going to have more kids than that. Look at the sand on the seashore. See, see that? See, what's he say? Look at these natural things so I can do these spiritual things in your life. Sometimes I know um, 
Terry Savelle Foy, which I know we want to have in our church probably next year, um, she has a great teaching on vision boards and making sure that when you, when you write your vision and what you've prayed about, you've found scriptures, these are things you know that would be a blessing, you know they're in line with a godly life. How many know a new car is okay? You can have a new car. God's not opposed to you having new, what does he want, the devil have all the good stuff? His kids have nothing? No, he wants people that are preaching the gospel to have the best. And if you are involved with preaching the gospel, he will see to it that you have the best. But if you're just doing your own thing, making your own decisions, doing what you want to do, well, you're kind of on your own because God can't fully bless things that takes you away from him. All right, moving right along. But she talks about a vision board. So we like cutting out pictures and putting pictures of these things and remembrance of what they say. This is not just a blessing. This is going to help me to be a blessing. This is resources. These are things that are going to help us to overcome, be a greater blessing, walk in love, help people. How many know we could help people a lot more if we weren't always, if we weren't always the one needing help? <laughs> David talks about his cup running over. What does that mean? That means ministry should come out of overflow. And so the Lord told Abraham to look at all these. things. Then he told Joshua, you know, after Moses had went to heaven, he said, Joshua, I want you to take Israel over the, over the river Jordan into the promised land. Moses got you here. Now you're going to take it from here. And it's very interesting instruction in Joshua 6. God said to Joshua before they entered into Jericho and conquered it. God told Joshua, listen very closely, Joshua 6, he said, see, I have given you the land. What's he saying? He said, you're not in the land yet, but you got to see you're in the land. You got to see it. You got to see. I told you it's happening. You need to see it. You need to get an imagination, an image on the inside of you, and then just go for it. All right. So Genesis 11, look at verses one through eight. Anybody having fun today? Good. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And what could we get done if we're all together? And it came to pass as they journeyed from the, from the east that they found a plain in the land of Sinar and they dwelt there. Next verse. Then they said unto one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had asphalt. That's wild. I didn't know they had that back then. For mortar. Then it says, they said, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Kind of like Lucifer, you know. I'm going to exalt my throne above the stars of God. Let us make a name for ourselves. Well, they already had a name. They're the offspring of God. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Can you see the devil working in here lying to these people? Telling them they're really not somebody when they really were somebody? Next verse. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. How many know it's important to be in one accord? The devil knows this principle too. And they all have one language and this is what they begin to do. Now... Nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Can you put verse 6 up in the King James Version? You know, the one that Paul and Jesus used? <laughs> Could you please put the King? I want you to notice this here. 
The Lord said, behold, this people is one and they all have one language and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imaged on the inside of them to do. How important is imagination? Almost sounds like all things are possible to him that believes. How many are images important? Oh, yeah. Why do you think the devil is flooding the Internet with porn? He's trying to get images into people to destroy marriages, to destroy character, to destroy ministries, to destroy lives. What's the devil? Do? He knows this principle. The devil knows if I can keep it. This is why you need to be very cautious not to make these trash cans or these garbage disposals. Because what goes in here and what goes in here affects the pictures on the inside of you. And whether you realize it or not, those pictures get clear enough, things start happening, good or bad, according to what you're seeing on the inside and believing on the inside. Very important stuff. And then, and then how many of you want, how many of you want extra warfare from the devil? Anybody want any extra warfare? <laughs> Then quit putting things in your mind that you're going to have to cast out later. Amen. See, I have so much trouble with my thoughts. Stop putting bad ones in. <laughs> Pastor, I just have so many terrible thoughts. I, I have terrible thoughts of panic and anxiety and demonic things and dark, perverted things. I have all these crazy thoughts in my mind. What should I do? What should I do? Stop looking at perverted things. No, Pastor, I need deliverance. I'll deliver you, but if you want to stay free, you better stop watching stuff that's giving you nightmares or you're going to still have nightmares after I pray and set you free. <laughs> Pastor, I just want to keep reading all those crazy books and watching all those crazy movies or those demonic and possessing movies. I just want to, I just want to keep watching, but please set me free. No. <laughs> you set yourself free. Stop. Sowing what you don't want, reaping. People get free a lot of times in church services, but then they get bound again because they never change what got them in bondage in the first place. It's so important what you let in here and what you let in here. God doesn't say don't watch certain things and don't hear certain things because, you know, goody goody Christians shouldn't do that. He doesn't want you depressed. He doesn't want you oppressed. He doesn't want you freaking out on your insides and paranoid and in panic. That's why he tells you not to do certain things. He wants you free. He doesn't want you having to deal with extra warfare. There's enough already. Turn to your neighbor and say, praise the Lord. Turn to your other neighbor and say, he's talking about you. I know he is. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Church, let me, let me just say this. What, what I'm trying, one of the things I believe the Lord's trying to get us to hear today is we can try and succeed on our own and age prematurely and maybe go through a few marriages because we're so stressed and lose our kids. Or we can say, God, would you help me to be everything you've called me to be, successful as you want me to be, to fulfill my part in the church? Because God said, I thought you never ask. Of course I will. Of course I will. And then you just start letting him have a say-so about everything in your life. And we say, how many want Jesus to be your savior, to save you from your sin and guilt and to save you from your sickness and disease? Oh, yes, pastor, I want Jesus to be my savior. Then we go, how many of you want Jesus to be your Lord or he talked to him about everything you do? Well, I kind 
to do. <laughs> well, that's how you stay free. Jesus saving you is one thing. Staying free is when you make Jesus your Lord and you actually wake up in the morning and go, oh, what does God want me to do today? Not just, what do I want to do today? That's when life is amazing. Um, there's two phrases I want to say to you. One of them is, if you can see it, if you can see you there, if you can see you with this thing, if you can see you doing this certain thing, if you can see it because you're a child of God, you're, you're a supernatural being, if you can see it, you can have it. Amen. I said, if you can see it, you can have it. God told Abraham, as far as you can see, I've given it to you. What if he couldn't see? God couldn't get it to him. As far as you can see, God said, I'll give it to you. Come on, is God going to give you the ability to dream and then go, but you can't have it. Come on, is God going to give you the ability to dream and then say, you can't have it. You know why you have the ability to dream? Because dreams are supposed to happen. One of the first messages I preached in World Harvest Church, when this was called World Harvest Church, and we changed the name after a few years, one of the first messages I preached was dreams happen. A really beautiful cover, nice palm trees, a little lagoon. And I found a scripture in the book of Psalms that says that these people were, I think it's Psalm 107, the same one we shared during the offering. They are struggling and going through all these typhoons and all this stuff. But then it said that they, they cried out to God and the Bible says he brought them to their desired haven. God likes bringing us to our desired haven. Dreams are supposed to happen. God's not going to give you the ability to dream big and then go, but you can't have it. Ha, 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 ha. If you can dream it, you can have it. But you ain't going to dream it if you can't see it. You need to... Let me, let me say this. What do you see the next 12 months have to be what do you see you having to be? What do you see you having to have? What do you see you having to do so that 12 months from now you look back and go, those are the best 12 months of my life. Those are amazing 12 months. What do you see has to happen for 12 months from now? You look back and go, Pastor John, those are absolutely the best 12 months of my life because blah, 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 blah. Well, you need to interpret the blah, 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 right now. Make it clear, speak it, see it, and it will gradually, this is where we lose people. Yeah, I know we all want instant microwave. Give me this fast food. If you don't, I'm going to get mad. Some things gradually happen. Some of the most powerful things gradually happen. Some of the strongest trees took the longest to grow. So everybody say Gradually. This is not for the impatient. Ask yourself, what would have to happen in the next 12 months for me to look back and go, oh my goodness, Jesus, you are amazing. Look what you helped me to get and to do. Can, can you see that? So, so this is what vision lists are all about. Write down things like this. Write down things that that you know are in line with God's word. Things you know that will bring you up in life and make you a greater blessing. Amazing. But the devil said, no, no, no. You just pray and hope that it happens. And, and then if God loves you or has a good day, he'll bless you. 
No. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Start asking yourself, what do I got to do for the next 12 months of my life? Look back and go, Joe, I have some testimonies. Let's have breakfast three times so I can tell you at least half of them. And he should be doing the same with me. Write it down. Write it down. Look at Habakkuk, and we'll close with this and get into the practical things. Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, I'm not sure the right pronunciation. Sean would know, but I'm not going to ask him. Because I don't want him to look smarter than me. Just make sure you read the book of Habakkuk before you get to heaven. So when Habakkuk comes up to you and asks you if you read his book, you're not going to go, oh, sorry. (laughs) Come on, guys. These people are going to walk up to you in heaven. Make sure you read their book. So did you read read, read the book I wrote? Sorry, I fleshed out and watched a bunch of TV, but I'm glad I'm here. Habakkuk or Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. So he's in prayer. Habakkuk says, I'll stand upon my watch. And set me upon the tower and will watch to see. Everybody say watch to see. What's he doing? He's praying and he's looking. He's praying and he's seeing. He's praying. Watch and pray. Watch and pray, right? We should be focused in our prayer time. Not just doing religion. What are you seeing when you're praying? Hopefully you're seeing something. For sure, God, your loving Father, who wants you to have great and wonderful things. And hopefully you're also seeing yourself in possession for what you're about to ask him for. Hmm? He said, to watch to see what the Lord will say unto me and what I shall answer him when I am reproved. Get ready to be corrected, please. Verse 2, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon word documents and videotapes that he may run that reads it. If you're not running with anything, you have very little vision. Say, well, I'm not the running type. Uh Uh-huh. If you get strong enough vision, you'll be running. You'll be excited. You'll be stirred up. Now, I thought this was interesting. It wasn't enough that Habakkuk heard from God. He needed to write it down. Human beings have this tendency to forget. Yeah. Yeah. What happens when you write it down? A lot less prone to forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I get a witness? Yeah. It, say this, it's not, enough it's not enough just to hear from God if I forgot what he said. <laughs> right? I mean, come on, it's not enough to hear from God if you forgot what he said. You've got to write it down. Make this fun. I have a vision wall. It's not up right now because we're doing some remodeling in our house, but I'm, I'm, we're going to have one here. In the ch- vision boards, vision wall, vision lists, little pictures. Put pictures of these things but, but that you know would glorify the Lord, that would help you to be a bigger blessing, that would, that would enhance your life and your, be able to bless your kids and grandkids on a higher level. Come on, guys. A house paid for is a godly desire. I said a house paid off is a godly desire. You know, we've, we've put our house paid off on a visionless year after year because things that aren't fulfilled one year, we roll over to the next year. I mean, be thankful for what happened, but keep believing. Don't give up. We are not of them that draw back, but of them that believe. Until. Say until. What a powerful word. Until. Until. I mean, no. 
being able to give another percent or two into the kingdom of God is a godly desire. It's actually called putting God first. And that's why it's the number one thing on our vision card. Ask yourself what you want to give into the kingdom of God this year. Here he told him to write it down. Make it plain that he may run that reads it. What'll get you running? I like to say this too. It's like, if you make out a vision list, in prayer, of course, make out a vision list. Because God, God takes pleasure in blessing his children. Let him bless you. Don't get all hyper freaky and say, well, I don't want anything. I don't mind struggling and hurting all my life for the Lord. God says, son, let me bless you. I want you so happy people want to know about your God. I want you so happy and so blessed that people are asking you about your faith and who you believe in and where you go to church. I want you. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, it says that God wants to bless us so much that all nations see that we are called by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of us. Reverence us. Paul told Timothy, you need to get into these things and get these things in you till your profiting appears to all. David said in the book of Psalms, Lord, bless us. Have mercy on us that your way may be known upon the earth and your saving health among all nations. Blessed to be a blessing. So when you, when you start thinking about these things, and, and I know there's some people today, you didn't bring a vision list. It's okay. You're still breathing. Right? You can go home and do everything I'm talking about right now, though some are prepared today. Uh, maybe we didn't get the word out enough or whatever. Don't, don't think that this is just today only. But I would encourage you, take these things, get in prayer. So, so let me read you this now. Um, the, the little vision card. How many of you did get the vision card? You got the vision card. and um, So basically, this write the vision is simply this. And you can, these cards are still available. If you didn't get in on it, you can do this next week. Number one, sit down. Everybody say sit down. <laughs> I guess I just sit down, right? Number one, sit down, take some time with your spouse and children to check your heart and to talk about these three areas. Everybody say these three areas. Number one, what do you desire to give into the kingdom of God this year? Now, it helps if you knew what you gave last year so you can kind of see where you're at if you want to increase or whatever. We, we go over our budget and we find out every year how much did we give percent-wise to the kingdom of God, which means local churches, ministries, things that the Lord, we want to support, preaching of the gospel primarily. And you look and say, okay, we gave, of course, 10%. But then above that, we gave offerings. And so we total all that up and we find our percent and we say, good, that's where we we're at last year. We want to increase some this year. And don't, you know, don't kill yourselves doing this. <laughs> oh, we need to double. I'm so far behind. Mm. That's like saying, I didn't eat an apple a day. I guess I better eat seven right now. <laughs> just jump on where you left off. Just, just don't get sick with this, okay? <laughs> so, what do you want to give into the kingdom of God? This is an amazing goal because, see, if this is first, if God's first, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. If God's first, 
you now open the door to his anointing on everything you do in your life because he's first. How many of you want to live life with God on your side instead of always on your own? Well, put him first and you just invited him to supernaturally help you with every other area of your life. And all the things everybody else is stressing out to get, he said, would be added unto you. So always put God first. That's why this giving goal is first. Number two, write this down as you're talking with your family. If you're, you have a family, write down what you owe. So number one, a giving goal. Number two, get out of debt goal. How many think getting out of debt is a real good thing? Well, this here, number two, write down what you owe. Every debt, large or small, write down the principal, interest, uh, rates, etc. Know where you're at. And this is the scripture where it says, be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Solomon, the richest man in the world, said, be diligent to know where you're at financially. What's coming in? What's going out? Don't just, don't just do things out of, uh, you know, don't just wing it. Why? Because it's a godly thing. Know where you're at. What's coming in? When did it come in? Where is it going? What date did it leave? What's the interest rates? And how many of you know, if you get in a crunch and you start getting behind on certain bills, how many of you know that if those bill collectors call you, it's ridiculous to get mad at them? You promised them something. They're just seeing if you're going to fulfill your promise. Why would we get mad or not want to answer the phone of a bill collector? When we're the ones that promised them, we'd help them, pay them at a certain time. I don't like to look at it as getting behind on my bills. I like to look at it as getting behind on my promises. That'll kind of bring you up to a higher level of, I can't break my promises. We're going to do without some eating out this week. <laughs> we're going to do without some movies this week. Or we're going to do without... It's so interesting to hear people say, well, I can't give anymore. I can't give anymore. I can't tithe. I can't give. It's so interesting to hear people say that because it's not a I can or can't issue. You're just doing something else with tithe money that you want to do. That's right. That's right. Or are committed to do. I can't tithe, but you can have cable TV, high-speed internet, watch movies, get the large popcorn instead of the medium. <laughs> is it I can't or is it I love something more? Whoops, better stop that right there. Whoa, 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 I can't believe I said that. No, it's the truth, church. So are you there? You got that? Debt. Let's get out of debt. Let's put getting out of debt on our vision list. Let's, and then put the scriptures, if you find them or, or come to the church, we'll help you with those scriptures. Put that on your vision list. Next 12 months, we're getting out of debt. Uh, we're making a big chunk in this debt at least. We're going to get at least half. We're getting out of debt, right? We're all believing together for each other because we're stronger together. Instead of just you believing by yourself at home and you believe, let's all believe. That's why we're going to lift up our vision list together. And if you haven't made up your vision list, raise your hand and have your invisible list in your hand Amen. as we do this in just a minute. And number three, Three things we're believing for. Number one, what we want to give into the kingdom of God in the next 12 months. So next 12 months, we look back and go, glory to God, it's happened. Number two, debt cancellation, debt reduction. Praise God. 12 months from now, we're going to go, woohoo! Look at that. Kaboom, debt. Number three, you ready? 
This is fun. Number three, write down what you would like to do or have if cost was not a factor. This is where you stretch. This is where you get into the divine. This is where you get into all things are possible to him that believes. This is where you dare to believe God like never before. Some people, some people have, I believe God is so good he'll get me a bicycle. Some people say, and he will. And a bicycle in some countries right now is like a Mercedes. I believe God, I believe God's so good, he's going to get me a bicycle. Other people are believing that God's so good, he's going to get me a used car. And that's not just going to be my sweat only. He's going to touch what I do and bless it and prosper it. What are they going to get? They're going to get what they believe God's so good that they believe he will get for them. Number three, some people are so, some people believe God's so good, he'll get them a new car. That's faith that God is so good, he'll get you a new car faith. This blows some people's minds because some people think, well, God don't care about that. What do you think he is? A non-caring, suffer as much as you can, God? I'll tell you this right now. God doesn't care how big your house is or houses are. He doesn't care how many cars you have or how many garage. You got to build a six car garage because your last one only had five. He doesn't care about all that stuff. As long as you're putting him first, he don't care. He'll help you. You know, I found this out too. The less things mean to us, the more he's able to give them to us. When you see him more as resources than just hoarding, he'll get you a lot more. You know, if you're a vessel that God can pour his prosperity through or his love through, did you know there's something interesting about the pipe? The pipe that's carrying the water is constantly full of water. (laughs) I said the pipe that's carrying water to others is constantly full of water itself. Fresh water. You know, if you hold on to stuff too long, it starts to stink. I know that's hard for you to grasp, but <laughs> I have a word from God. I have a word from God for a lot of people here. You ready? Clean up and clean out. Amen. Thank you very much. <laughs> It'll set you free. It'll set you up for a promotion. It's interesting. I was reading Terry Savelle's book on Declutter Your Life to Success. It's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. I was reading it, and she was talking about how the Lord was watching her. Because her life was a mess. Her marriage was a mess. Her body was a mess. She was a mess. And the Lord says, daughter, you need to clean up and uh, clean out. And the Lord said, this is how you promote it. Because if you're faithful with the little stuff, I can make you rule over bigger stuff. And so she started cleaning out her drawers, her closet, her kitchen, and just taking it one room at a time, getting everything to where it should be excellent. And, and she said, it brought more peace in my home. And she said she started cleaning everything out. And she said, I could tell the Lord was watching me as I folded my clothes to see if I was faithful with a little. He was watching me as I put things away in the sink and cleaned out stuff. Not, not just stuff I didn't like, but stuff I never use. Started selling stuff and turning it into seed or, or other things and, you know, to give away. So she just started, and she said, the Lord has watched me the whole time to see if I was faithful with little things. If I know how to take care of my dresser, drawers, 
maybe he'll trust me with something higher. Well, of course he will. But if you're not faithful there, no, God, promote me. I'll prove I'm faithful. No, you, you don't. It doesn't work that way. You have to show him you're faithful right now. So this is where it's fun, guys. So I wanted to go over a couple practical things now. Do you want to stand up and take a break? Anybody want to stand up? Stand up. Go ahead and stand up. Just stand up. We're changing gears here, so just stand up and adjust whatever needs adjusted. And, and then you can say hi to the person next to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you getting this? Are you getting this? Okay, you can be seated. Not that we're going to be here much longer. I just, I do want you kind of focusing now particularly on what I'm about to say because these, this is some practical things. We wanted to show you a couple things about the church and um, where we're at and a few other things like that. So on that last point, I just wanted to finalize it with this. You know, if, if cost was not a factor, what would you do and what would you want to have? You know, some people have, God is so good, I believe he'll get me a Tesla Roadster faith. Say, Pastor, that's just not important. Says who? See, because you start losing people the higher you go. Well, God's good enough to give me a bike, but a Tesla Roadster, that's $250,000. Keith Moore was going to a restaurant with some friends, and he said they saw a million-dollar car. I forget the name of it. A million-dollar car was parked out there. And somebody said, I can't believe somebody would pay a million dollars for a car. And the first thing people think is, they bought it. How many know, what if it was a gift? What if God just blessed them with it because he said, I give you richly all things to enjoy. I'll tell you this, he won't be able to bless you with a Tesla Roadster if it'll pull you away from church. If you'll be thinking about that more than a sermon when you are in church. He will never want to bless you with something that he knows you'll love more than him. But if you can prove to him it's just a car, something that I can use to give people rides in, loan out at times. I mean, if you can prove to him that it won't be your God or your idol, why would he care? If you're serving him, don't, don't employers like to make sure their employees are well taken care of? They work better. <laughs> right? They work better. I didn't lose anybody on the bike, right? God's good enough to give me a new bicycle. But how come I lost people on the $250,000 Tesla Roadster? Why would I lose? Is God not that good? Because when I look at heaven, I don't see, now I, I don't see rings on fingers made of gold and diamonds. I see a gold band around Jesus' chest. I see the foundations of the city, 12 precious stones. Like we use concrete, they use diamonds. They use diamonds instead of concrete. They use gold instead of asphalt. Mm -hmm. If you don't like prosperity, you might not want to go to heaven. (laughs) If we have a problem with $250,000 Tesla, you might not want to go to heaven because we're talking chariots of fire and horsemen thereof. (laughs) Whirlwinds that take you around. If that blows your mind, that's good. Because a lot of those cobwebs need blowing out of our minds. And if we're not there yet, just keep growing. Don't deny it. I mean, God's, 
God meets us where we're at. So write down anything you want as you are wanting to fulfill his will for your life. I wanted to read you this. If you look at God's promises long enough and you speak them out of your mouth long enough, they will gradually begin to change things in your life and you'll be on top of all your circumstances very soon. Say gradually. gradually. Say we are patient and persistent. Now, where are we at here? I have this written down. I'm going to have to read this. I wanted to share this with you. That this church has been here in existence since 1987. Is there anybody in the room that's been with us from the first, first few days? Yes, you have, brother. Candace, yes, yes. Yes, dad. Yes, yes, yes. Rick and Kathy. Yes, yes. Nancy. That's a long time. Praise God. I think we should give these people a hand clap that have been here 35 years with us. Could you guys stand up if you've been with us for, for 30 years or plus? Could you stand up? I want you to stand up. We want to see your face. Stand up if you've been with this church 30, 30. You have. Yeah. Ron and Jeremy. Jeremy, you were very tiny when you started coming to church. <laughs> you guys can be seated. Praise the Lord. Sean and Melissa, that's wonderful. We started in 1987 in Enterprise Park over where the Fruitvale Branch Post Office is. I think Calvary Chapel took over our building when we moved into the North Avenue building. And that's where I think Calvary Chapel meets now. We were in Enterprise Park, 1987. The name of the church then was, was World Harvest Church. And then we changed the name to Faith Heights Church uh, after a while. Because we really believed the word faith needed to be in the title of the church. But we've been doing this for 35 years. Bruce and Claudia Porter, great friends of ours from Aspen, started the church. It was actually New Creation Fellowship at that time. And then it went through a pastoral change. A pastor went into the business field. And we took it over in 1987. And uh, actually, uh, um, Ron and Nancy are both on the board of directors here at the church. They just stood up a few moments ago. And uh, we have had a wonderful 35 years, guys. I mean... It's been amazing, and we're so thankful. A couple of our board members are in heaven now. No, for sure, Fred. And, but also David Sharon is on the board, Pastor David Sharon from Word of Life Christian Center in Las Vegas. And then um, um, Melissio's in, in heaven now, too. And then Rachel and Dominic are on the board now. And you and I are on the board. And um, Ken Blunt was on the board, and he got busy with some other things, so we let him go. But uh, he felt it was good, so we agreed. And I just wanted to share that with you because do you realize what a miracle is you're sitting in right now? <laughs> the fact that we're still here is a miracle. Randall brought that out when he was here. He just thought, that's a miracle. We're still here. There's forces and powers that did not want us here. But greater is he that's in Faith Heights Church than he that's in the world. I'm not sure what that is. Thank you, sir. I mean, it's a miracle, guys. I mean, with everything we've been through, that we're still here and we're still going forward, that's a miracle. We're very, very thankful to be here. And um, another thing I wanted to say is that we have our food house. I, how, often, how often do people come and get food? It's fairly regular, right? People come and so the food house that we started up a while back, people are taking advantage of that. People are getting food who need food. And that's been happening for a while now. And that's in the church. And we're so glad for that. Healing school happens every Monday. 
Danielle and Patsy, our healing instructors. Go ahead and raise your hand, you guys. These are our healing technicians who teach healing school faithfully every Monday for years now. From 12 noon to 1 o'clock every Monday afternoon, except holidays, they are in there doing healing school. Uh, Wednesday night, anybody been enjoying Wednesday night? Prayer teaching and prayer meeting every Wednesday. Oh, the anointing is so strong. We can go deeper in some, some meetings and than you can in other meetings. And so that's happening. Our Arise Shine broadcast is going all over. We're very thankful for the Arise Shine, our studio broadcast. More things are in the making on that. Just keep your ears open. We're going to really branch out in some areas of ministry. Um, fruit report for last year. And this is only what we have record of. This is only what we have record of. Um, there's, I'm sure, a lot more than this. But this is what we have written record of, of what people have told us about 24 salvations in 2021. Glory to God. That is absolutely wonderful. 31 rededications. And again, this is only what we have recorded and had altar calls for. Because a lot of people, we don't have altar calls and they receive right where they're standing or sitting. Eight documented, eight verified healings. Eight people filled with the Holy Spirit. Eleven water baptisms. And that's just what we know about. And that's at a time when people didn't want to do a whole lot of close-up stuff. Like baptisms and, you know, altar calls and things like that. So the devil may have tried to shut the church down, but we're going to keep getting people saved, healed, and delivered. In Jesus' name. Um, We have been able to give a lot this year. And we're going to put up the chart here in just a minute. Um, Go ahead and put up the financial chart now, guys, if you would. We'll show you a little bit here about last year's finances in the church. I hope you can see that up there. So the red pie chart, you can see there's a red and then there's a purple and then a blue and a green and a gray and an orange. And it tells you the breakdown there. So uh, 53% goes to uh, nine salaries and five contractors that we pay on a regular basis. And that's all the, uh, the, that part there. And then if you can look at the 11%, that, no, yeah, 11% is charitable contributions. So we were able to give 11 Point, I think it's just 11% out beyond the church to other ministries to feed the hungry, to Project 127, which is an adoption agency for Christians, to um, uh, Convoy of Hope, Keith Moore, Mark Hankins. These ministers that we support, they go places we'll never go. Keith's got an intercontinental jet. He gets to go places overseas, and we go with him through the financial support. We have given multiplied thousands and thousands of dollars to all these ministries, and you're a part of that. We as a church don't feel it's right to preach things that we don't do ourselves. So, And you can see there that the building, 370000 in 2021, went toward the building payoff. Because we don't like interest payments. Ouch, right? And you can, you can take that slide off now. So we wanted you to see that up there. Um, I want to show you a couple little videos right now. These are really short, like two minutes each. And this has to do with some of the ministers that have come to our church in the last 12 months, including Randall, which was just a couple uh, last week. Um, but also we want to show you the Feed the Hungry and the Project 127 that we do support. And these are just some of the things we support. But let's go ahead and take a little video break and show those two videos.
We uh, take it very serious what we give church money to. We don't just do it because something touches our emotions. We like to seek the Lord and make sure that this is exactly what the Lord wants us to do. Project 127 is a great Christian organization that helps fo uh, get foster kids into the right homes, Christians that are biblical and sound and strong. Feed the hungry, well, that's Lester Sumrall. I mean, he's spirit-filled as you can get. And uh, they're not only taking food to all these crisis situations overseas, but they deal with things in the country as well, but they bring the gospel. They work through local pastors that they know personally to make sure everything gets distributed perfectly and properly. Um, so that's just some of the people we support, and those are the ministers that you saw on the screen. We're anticipating some very wonderful meetings this year, which we can't say everything right now, um, but we're really anticipating some wonderful, wonderful meetings, and there is talk of a week of glory. So we'll give you more input on that. Um, a lot of you know what that is, but it's, it's kind of in the wind, so we'll verify some things as we go. Um, so the projects that we completed this last year, of course, was over 300 going toward the building payoff, which is the number one project we have right now. A roof repair, we got to get that done, taken care of, uh, speakers and soundboard, et cetera, youth room upgrade and some other things. Um, we showed the pie chart already. Um, our goal as a church this year, and we'd like you all to be with us because this is our church. It's not just us. You have a part just like we have a part in this church. But we are believing for the building to be paid off this year. That is going on our church vision list. And so that's happening. Can I get an amen? amen. And also we're believing to give at least 1% more by the end of this year. We'll look back and that won't say 11% next year. We're believing it'll say 12% next year at least. If it says 18, praise the Lord. So if you have your vision list, Carla, do you have your vision list? We've got to represent ours at home. So go ahead and get your vision list ready at this time. And come on forward, Car. If you're watching online and you've already got your vision list ready, you can get ready to hold that up before the Lord. Um, we've got the church vision list and we've got uh, Carla's vision list. And if you don't have a vision list today, maybe you forgot or whatever, hold up your invisible one. Because I know you're going to go home and write out a vision list because these things are so important. If you don't have a vision card, there's a vision card on the back shelf there, on the ledges back there. So on your way out, you can get the vision card. It's the thing I read those three things off of. Uh, this is a big deal. I mean, if you're, you know, if we don't have a vision, we're going to follow somebody else's vision. That's right. You know, I mean, I like to say, turn off the television and work on your vision. That's right. You have just as important vision, if not more important than a celebrity or an actor. So make sure that you... Um, Get your vision list going. So if you're ready with us, let's stand up and we're going to pray over our vision list. And we're going to believe God that everything that we have written down on this. And you may have to modify it a little bit, you know, as you go on. Hopefully check some things off and maybe add something else. But and don't be unrealistic. I mean, don't don't say, well, by this time next year, I'm going to have 10 zillion dollars in my checking account. Number one, zillion's not a real amount. Um, but really, if you. Yes, go beyond yourself, but don't go beyond your faith in God. You know, definitely stretch. Definitely write things down that you need his help to come to pass in your life. Um, we actually had a testimony. I wanted to read this real quick here, uh, part of it at least. This, these people turned this testimony, and they talked about what they had put on their vision list last year. Great, great couple that goes to the church here. And they said, you know, we, we determined, you know, to tithe every month, to be a blessing to people, to expand CMA, which is their um, a motorcycle association they're involved with. 
give more tithing, give to more outreach, pay off our house, pay off our car, pay off our motorcycle, uh, remodel and pay off our kitchen, build a garage. These are things they put on their vision list last year. And we got this report recently. It says we have been blessed by putting God first. We study the Bible together. We pray together, attend church every week and tithe joyfully. We have also joined the helps team in the church. My wife was able to retire from her job and say no to the COVID shots. I have gotten raises at my job in these last 12 months that cover a great deal of her income. We have witnessed God moving in the motorcycle world with blessings, bikes, and some salvations for Jesus. We have paid off our house, paid off our car, paid off our motorcycle. We have remodeled our kitchen, and it too will be paid off in a few months, and we're believing God for the garage. So the garage is rolling over on their vision list. So these these are things that happen. You know, if you don't write it down, it's probably not going to happen. The, the, the clearer our vision is, the nearer we are to seeing it come yeah. into manifestation. So take these things serious. Go over the scriptures. Go listen to the archive and stay stirred up along these lines. And if you need stirred up, call the church. We've got some wild faith friends here that will keep you stirred up in these areas. What it looks like it's not working. Amen. So heaven, let's lift up our vision list. I'll lift up your invisible one to the Lord right now. Because he knows what you're going to put on there. And let's just thank him. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege to honor you by believing you for things that will be a blessing. Believing you for things that will glorify you and give you pleasure of seeing your children rising higher. Equipping us to be a greater blessing. Father, thank you for what you have done. Thank you that we're saved. Thank you that we're spirit-filled. Thank you, Lord, that heaven is our home. And thank you for helping us on this earth to do things, to help our church and those ministries you've called us to support. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to be strong spiritually, mentally, financially, physically, to do the will of God with all of our heart. Father, we thank you for healing and deliverance. We thank you for prosperity. We thank you for increase in the name of Jesus. And now, Father, we lift up these vision lists and we pray together. Now, church, say this with me if your heart agrees with it. Heavenly Father, I desire things that I've written down or that I will write down to come to pass in the next 12 months. I believe, Lord, that you want me to have these things. And I'm telling you now, None of these things will ever have me, but I will possess them. I will not be swayed. I'll not backslide when things get really, really good in the natural. Father, my life is in your hands. These resources I release faith for right now as I pray. Let it go on record. I believe I receive these things in full. And Jesus, you said, I shall have them. From this prayer forward, things are in progress. Angels are working. Great things are happening for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, glory to God, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 